Today's reading comes from Philippians chapter 2, commencing at the first verse. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even on the cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every kneel, every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and in under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hear the word of the Lord. Well, let's pray. O Lord our God, you have given your word to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Grant us grace to receive your truth in humility and faith and love, that we may be obedient to your will and live always for your glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, I'm wondering, what brings you joy? Anyone like to share? What brings you joy? To see your children prosper, yeah. Corellas. <laughs> Jeff. Family. Food. Tennis. I like the tennis. Maybe cricket. <laughs> yeah, we've got to take her for cricket up the back. <laughs> Sorry? Gardens and flowers. Nature, yeah. Lots of things that bring us joy. Well, um, as we start uh, looking at the passage today, it might be helpful for you to have your Bibles open at Philippians chapter 2. You can find that on page 954 of the Bibles that are in the pews. Page 954. Well, Paul starts in our reading today with a reminder of the incredible gifts that we've been given from God, things that we haven't had to work for, but have been freely given. And in chapter one of Philippians, just before what we read, Paul acknowledged that many suffer for being faithful to Christ. So he starts this section by reminding them of the encouragement of Christ in their times of struggle and the comfort or consolation of God's love and the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
The Spirit who is the means of fellowship with other believers, just as each believer is also in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Thus, Paul reminds us of the Trinity, God as three in one, providing holistic care of his people, given with compassion and sympathy. What an amazing place to start. As we've been reminded recently, as we've celebrated the incarnation, God is indeed with us, sustaining and enabling us. We are in a good place. While individualism rules in our Western society, we can choose our own careers, desires, gender, and define our own truth. We can promote ourselves on social media, portraying the person we want others to see. We're not accountable to anyone. We make decisions that benefit us and maybe our immediate family. This isn't the case in non-Western cultures where decisions are made for community rather than individual benefit. But in church, our cultural individual focus can have us seek only our own personal preferences for music or liturgy or tradition. We might like having communion less frequently or only singing hymns. We can find it frustrating when our preferences aren't what happens and our discontent can come through in our comments and grumblings to one another. Well, we thought earlier about what brings us joy. And contrary to our individualistic society, it's Christian unity that brings Paul joy. Now, you might think that the thing that would bring Paul the most joy would be to see people reached for Christ and so be a bit perplexed that Paul values internal unity over external witness. It takes a lot of work to be united at the deep level of the gospel. But it's worth it because the church's public witness must be secured by its internal vitality and strength. The church's life force is the breath of the Spirit, the blood of Jesus, the mind of Christ, the will of the Father. That is, the church manifests the life of God in its unity of believers in Christ's body. It's only when we're united in this manner that the world can see the body of Christ as authentic and meaningful. Now, this unity is not about agreeing on doctrine or being a particular denomination. No, it's about being a member of Christ's body, participating in him. It's not the activities we do, like caring for the poor through our Anglicare food collection, reaching out to the lonely in our monthly afternoon teas, supporting our missionaries, being creative in our weekly worship. All these things are good. But it is the unity in the body, the oneness that results when every one of us is seen as a participant in Christ, that testifies to the reality of Christ in the church. 
That's why in John chapter 17, where the theme of this series comes from, that Jesus states clearly that his own relationship with the Father is testified to in a tangible way in the oneness of the believing community. Paul's joy will be complete when he sees the unity of the church in Philippi. And in today's passage, he seeks to galvanize the Philippians' heart, soul, and mind towards this vision of unity within the church. So because we are in the holistic care of the Trinity, as we saw in verse 1, we have the grounding to enable us to be united. Paul calls us to be of the same mind, having the same love, be in full accord, and of one mind. Now, we're educated, intellectually active people. We might find this focus on mind attractive. It appeals to our sense of logical thinking and of intellectual argument and theoretical knowledge. However, the Greek word used here is more active and carries the idea of wise behavior. So having the same mind is not just sharing the same theoretical knowledge, but it's knowing how to use that in the way that we behave. The like-mindedness enables us to live in harmony with one another. We can have differences of, of opinion on things that are not fundamental to our Christian unity, such as politics, sport, areas of passion and service. Our like-mindedness in Christ will enable us to respect each other in our differences. The love, the same love that we have, is the Father's love exhibited through the giving of his Son, Christ's love demonstrated on the cross, and the Spirit's love invigorating a believer's heart. It's not just the love that we experience directly from God, but it's a love that's also enjoyed corporately. It's a love that is patient and kind. It's the love described by 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is often used at weddings, but it's actually a description of what love should look like between believers, the love we have for one another. This love comes from God, for God himself is love. And it generates a proactive, self-giving, and a consistent, humbling self-denial. It might be expressed differently by different individuals, as practically each of us is gifted in a different way to show our love. But the motivation and the genesis of our love is the same. God. Paul's idea is that the Philippians act in accordance with the wisdom of God and demonstrate friendship at the level of treating each other with equally sharing resources, honor, and life. This way of thinking and behavior is that of Jesus. Paul goes on to describe how this looks in Jesus. He appeals to the Philippians that they follow the exemplar of Christ, 
but also that they think and behave as those who are in Christ. To behave as befitting a believer in Christ, for Christ is our example as well as our Redeemer. So what was Christ's mind, his thinking and wise behavior? Well, as we see in the Christ hymn which follows in verses 6 to 11, Christ's mind is reflected in his humility and obedience. At Christmas, we often read from John's Gospel, chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God. Jesus was here before time began. He, all things came into being through him. He's an equal member of the Trinity through whom creation came about. And as God, Jesus did not grasp, but he gave of himself and became as a servant. He's king and reigns, and yet he became as one of us. He didn't give up his divinity, but instead he gave of himself sacrificially. He humbled himself to be crucified on a cross. The most humiliating way at that time for someone to die in full view of all those willing to watch, to jeer and to ridicule in between common thieves. Now we view this as humiliating because we exist in a world that privileges self and wherefore a free man to be dishonored in such a way is a dig at our seeking for status. But God turns this on its head. What is humiliating for man is honoring to God because Jesus was seeking to serve others in humility and obedience. And ultimately, this would lead to his exaltation and glorification. When Jesus died on the cross, there was a lot more going on than the outward appearance. So most of us won't end up, praise God, martyrs of our faith, although many do. So what does it look like for us to have this mind as in Christ? As Christ showed humility and obedience to God, we too should seek humility and obedience. Well, what does humility look like for us? Verses 3 and 4 help us out here. Firstly, we shouldn't engage in behavior that is self-seeking and elevates ourselves at the expense of others. An obvious example of this is to give honor to others when it's due and not take the glory for ourselves. Such as at work, when the manager congratulates you on a job well done, responding by saying thanks, but actually it was your colleague's idea and you just helped them execute it. There's no room for ego. Paul's call for humility is unprecedented in the ethics of his day. No self-respecting Gentile would concede that humility is a virtue. But to Paul, humility is a key virtue. God shows no partiality. All believers are equal before him. 
To seek to lord it over others just doesn't fit with God's economy. This frees us up to serve others without an agenda of trying to promote ourselves. On Australia Day, we will hear the names of those who have been awarded Australia Day honours. Now, while there might be a few who act in society with a thought of being recognised with an honour, the majority of those listed will have gone about serving their community without any thought of receiving such an honour. In fact, when they're contacted to indicate they're a recipient, it will come out of the blue to them. Our service of others in obedience to God may never be seen or recognized in this life. But God sees. Partly, particularly the attitude that we have as to why we care for others. And he will rejoice in our humility as being honoring of him and of doing his will. A prideful attitude cannot cannot bow to God's good purposes and might confuse one's selfish desires with God's will. Christ's lesson to us is that there is no job below our pay scale. No task is beneath us. And no service is so outstanding that it's worthy of God's special praise. Being an individualistic society, we resist the concept of obedience. I should do what makes me happy, not follow the rules of someone else. We don't want to follow tradition. We want to dance to the beat of our own drum. We want to be king, not a servant. Well, conversely, as Christians, we can sometimes see obedience as following lots of rules. We need to do this to follow Jesus. We shouldn't do that. We can become legalistic, and the rules can become more important to us than the God we are seeking to obey. That's why the two greatest commandments are so helpful. They reflect the mind of Christ to love God wholeheartedly and to love our neighbor as ourself. We're not to be a doormat and burn out for the sake of the gospel. God loves us and seeks to care for us. But if we are all being humble and obedient before God, then our mutual care for one another will ensure that no one is looking out for others without being looked after themselves by yet others. We have responsibility for our families, but we also have a responsibility for each other, our church family. This means we need to notice when others need support. We need to check in on each other. Be aware of what's going on for each other. Pray for each other. And I've seen so many examples of that in this church since coming here. We need to care for each other of our community, upholding each other's dignity and worth, working actively to seek each other's good. And why is it important that we have the same mind as in Christ? Well, Paul says in Romans chapter 15 that it is so we may glorify God. The Westminster Confession of Faith says man's chief aim is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. 
united together in the mind of Christ, enables us to glorify God with our unified voice as we praise him, and this will result in joy. Well, as we considered last week, our goal for 2023 is to make it our aim to please God. We can do this because through the Trinity, we have such encouragement to have the same mind as in Christ, to be humble and obedient to God. Today is the Sunday closest to Epiphany, the day when we recall the visit of the wise men to see the young Jesus. These were men of holiness and wisdom who were skilled in philosophy, medicine, and natural science. They were the teachers and instructors of the Persian kings. They came on this pilgrimage with an attitude of worship. And when they saw the baby, they bowed down and worshipped him. These men of significance were obedient to God in following the star and then humbled themselves before this tiny child. They too sought to please him, worshipping him and offering him precious gifts. How do we respond to the care of God? Do we worship him in humility and obedience? Well, let's pray. Lord, help us to come to you each day in worship, seeking to please you in humility and obedience. May our minds be as Christ's. By your Holy Spirit, unify us in Christ, that our unity might bring you glory and that those who don't yet know you might see the unity of this church, the body of Christ, and be drawn to see you as God. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. <laughs>